0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode number 57 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive, brought to you by the good people at the Road Street Journal, paving your way, acting as your lead blocker, if you will, to fantasy glory. And, you know, with any luck, and, you know, with listening to us, which is not luck, I mean, that's just pure skill, that's just good common sense. Hopefully, you have made the playoffs, and hopefully, as of the end of tonight, I mean, I don't know, maybe you got some Vikings going, maybe you got some Seahawks going, but hopefully, by the end of tonight, you will have advanced either into the semifinals or maybe even the finals, depending on how your league is set up uh, of the playoffs. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones, who is out of the playoffs in all of my leagues except the Roadster Street Journal. I had a buy this week because I'm the number one, count them, one. <laughs> seed in the expert league, and so I got the week off. So I've just been watching my team that was eliminated in my hometown league uh, light it up this week, which is pretty much always what happens. Oh, oh they yeah, blew. They uh, uh, thanks, Jarvis Landry. Thanks, Gronk. Yep. yep.
1: Thanks, thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> Seriously. What's
1: that song by like JoJo, A Little Too Late? I think it goes.
0: I don't know, oh. but I. Was infuriated, just you know. It's in. like you want to see him do, you want him to just. I don't know. God, I'm so, yeah, I'm that's so the pissed. Worst. This it's is the super, wolf of Rotor Street, by the way. I've been rambling, I'm with the wolf of Rhoda Street himself, and he knows he feels my pain
1: right exactly and it's almost like obviously you're out and it sucks to watch it knowing you would have been into the semis it's equally scary i think when you have a buy and you watch your team just oh, put it's up a worst like my brother has 196 points and like another guy going tonight yep. hit cooper he had a like kittle all these guys explode it's just like you can't roll those points over the next I, week i hate you that know, they're just blowing their load early it's it's the worst
0: yeah the, Such number, a scary the number one overall guy in my hometown league that had a buy i think he put up like a buck 75 and i was just like ah that's bad luck i mean i don't know no, um, it just it's you know it's just like are they going to do it again two weeks in a row? Probably not. I'm I don't know maybe uh, I don't know. It's hard to predict. But anyway, yeah, my team blew up. Now that I'm out, um, of course. Road Street totally. Journal. I'll dig my heels in this week. I might be playing you in the first round. I'm not sure. You seem like, you seem like you seem like about a four seed type guy.
1: <laughs> I got I got your ass spanked in the uh last week of the season to get some momentum. I was distracted. Spanking macho man Ricky Savage in the first round of the, he had Kittle too, so that kinda terrified me. But oh, Jesus. Uh, yeah, I'm moving on to the semis, feeling good about that one. Got a couple buys, so I'll be back in action in a few leagues, obviously still Butthurt but is all belief about the, the Fez. But overall, the, the fantasy season's rolling. Didn't get knocked out in any leagues this week. Uh, was secured first place in another league that didn't start till late. So, yeah, I, I'm rolling this week. A good good fantasy week for sure. Uh, solid advice overall than Justin Jackson. Yeah. Being a complete dud, but we're going to talk about him a little <laughs> bit later. Yeah, uh, I'm, not,
0: I'm not totally all out on him, although I, I agree he was a, a dud this week. We'll talk about it in a minute. We do yeah. have a little tiny bit of a different... Uh, Setup. I mean, this is different stuff. This is the place we're going to prioritize here. We're not going to use the exact normal uh, setup because I mean, what's important at this point? I mean, basically, you're in kind of an every point is crucial situation. Mm -hmm. So even stuff like nailing the right defense or stuff like that, that could be the difference. You know, in winning or losing, and so every point counts. Not that it's not always important, but we're going to change things up just a little bit. Uh, We obviously we got our risers and our playoff heroes, and then we're going to talk about some guys that laid eggs that we're pissed about. And you're going to have to imagine when we're talking about these guys that the Sanford and Son theme is playing over it. Uh, And Mm. next season, of course, we'll roll that out. But you have to imagine that Red Fox uh, sitcom (laughs) opening playing, and then uh, then we're actually going to talk about Justin Jackson. So yeah. those, those of you that give a shit about Justin Jackson, and you should, by the way, because he could still be a significant player moving down, and then we're going to talk penny stock waiver wires. We're going to hit every uh, every category, and we're also going to talk a little bit about the art of the cuckold. Any of mm. you guys ever been cuckolded or acted as a cuckold uh, in real life? Well, if so, you're really going to enjoy this because there's such a thing in fantasy football as well, and we're going to educate you on that. Uh, you can really screw some people over pretty bad by cuckolding them, if you will. All right, Mm -hmm. risers and playoff heroes, we're going to get right into it right off the bat. Uh, Let's talk about Amari Cooper, let's talk about Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, I'm just going to say it, I'm just going to come out and say it, all you Cowboys fans, that was the worst great game I've just about ever seen. Mm -hmm. I mean, he looked like shit. I thought he looked terrible, but his stat line will not reflect
1: that, so... Anyway, Amari. am yeah, real, <laughs> real life means nothing to us. But yeah, obviously that abysmal first half fumble, two picks, just complete garbage looked on the way to just how about that touchdown going. pass
0: to win the game? I mean, it was a garbage. Uh, did, what a terrible, it another a garbage yeah, pass. Could have been a
1: pick, oh, almost. Uh, so garbage game from Dak overall like, in real life wise. But what we care about stats and my goodness, did he put up those numbers? Oh, yeah. 455 career high yards, three touchdowns. Uh, if you have bonus for over 400 yards, which I do in a bunch of leagues and Another five points for that. So, fantasy monster. One of the best plays of the day was Dak Prescott, and of course, that came largely in impact to their, you know, trade receiving. Amari Cooper getting so much shit the Cowboys were for trading for this guy. And now it's and even us, we were saying, you know, how could you give up a first round for this inconsistent guy? He's really found a home there in Miami. He had 13 targets, catches 10 of them for 217 and three touchdowns. There's very few chances you lost if you had Amari Cooper in your lineup. Fourth time, uh, he's had 100 yards this season and two of them have come in the six games. He's been a cowboy. So he's been a monster, uh, especially over these last Three weeks he's just been ridiculous. Four hundred and seventy-three and five touchdowns in his last three games. So he's really caught fire. We raved about his uh rest of season schedule, his playoff schedule, and that's really come into fruition uh this week this year. Just for perspective, too. He had twenty-two catches, two hundred and eighty and one score with six Raiders games. He has forty catches, six hundred and forty-two and six touchdowns and six games with the Cowboys. A true alpha wide receiver one getting that treatment from Scott Linehan. As we speculated, he might. It's come into even more. More fruition than I ever expected and he's loving it he's calling it a dream come true was what he was saying in his uh, p- post game presser so when I've thought of playing in the NFL as a youth this is the perfect example of what I was expecting the city the winning the watching our defense offense just a team that I want to be a part of so he's fired up they're fired up to have him Dak has just couldn't say enough good things about him Jerry Jones is obviously loving this he looks like a genius in the aftermath all things are great coming up spades for Cooper, who has a tougher game against Indy coming up. The 28th points to wide receivers, so fourth toughest in the league. But the way he's rolling, you're not putting him in on your bench. And then you got Tampa Bay in Week 16 if you can make it through to the finals, which you just know he's going to fucking explode. So Cooper looking like a league winner over these last few weeks, and hopefully we'll keep that going Weeks 15 and 16. Speaking of league winners and, uh, you know, George Kittle. Can we talk about George
0: Kittle for uh-huh. a second? I mean – what. It was a little bit before halftime. I I glanced up at my the fantasy numbers for some guys. It was a little before halftime. And I feel like this guy had like five for I'm going to get this wrong. It was like, I don't know, like five for 140 and a touchdown, (laughs) like a little like a little before halftime, something like that.
1: And he finished the halftime with seven catches and two hundred ten yards and a score. So I mean, that all came in yeah. one half, which is ridiculous. The actual record for tight end yards is two hundred and fifteen. So to think they couldn't get him to two sixteen with a whole—that just half shows or six how yards. much they suck. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Shanahan? You're 2-9 and nine or whatever, 2-10 and 10 shitty team. Can't just get this guy the record after he gets you 210 fucking yards in the first half? That's ridiculous. But what a monster. I mean, this is a guy that was going largely in rounds 12 and beyond, and he's emerged as one of the only few among the Ertz, the Kelseys, and not, not Ertz this week, uh, Eric Ebron. Really, those three and Kittle are the only four you can totally feel locked into. But I know Gronk had a big game this week, but then he's hobbling yeah, he's around. Yeah, like,
0: he's had, like, two this year
1: Right, exactly. You can't depend on Gronk. These other four have just been so locked in, and what an edge that could be for you uh, this year. I imagine a lot of the fantasy heroes of the, the the league winners, you know, Yahoo does that stat, the most championship rostered players. Kittle, Ertz, and, and Kelsey I guarantee will be among the highest ones. Ebron as well, just because of what a great edge they've given you. He did it again this week in almost record-setting fashion. Has a tougher schedule with the Seahawks in 15, Chicago in uh, 16, so a great schedule, but ultimately you know that doesn't matter when you're playing George Kittle. He's an athletic freak, destroying the seams in a clear-cut roto of the year for value pick. Uh, he's he's going to be one of the top guys in consideration for that. A lot of tough competition for that, but George Kittle will be among the, the leaders in there. Yeah, I agree
0: with you on that. And Since you brought up the term athletic freak, uh, you've been sitting on this guy for like three years. Let's talk about Derrick Henry for a second. Oh, my good God. I mean, what are we to make of this exactly?
1: It's just one of those like little dick tugs that is just reminding you of how great he can fucking be. He has these explosions at least one or two a year. This one may be the best one we've seen yet. In fact, definitely the best one I, we've yeah, seen yet.
0: Yeah, it was the best one we've seen. It was like one of the greatest games ever by any running back in the history of the league. Derek Henry, then, if he was a woman in a bar, real quick. I don't know. Like, what could you ever what compare? A, what because, a tease. And then like, every a, now and then she gives it to you. But like,
1: yeah, not like too she often, just like. Though. Dicks you around like looks great on the the outlook. You, you go up to her and you think you're hitting it off, and then just tugs you around all year, all night. Uh, but then once in every blue moon, will just give it to you, no matter you know as, as much as you wanted it. It's the perfect night you've ever had. And you're the like, best that time. Was, that was life. the best I've ever and, had. And you're in love, and you're in love, and you can't help it. And you, it's gonna linger till the next year. You you remember that ridiculous game, that ridiculous night. You can't get it out of your head, no matter how. There's you're going to try drive. to pick
0: her up next year now and, because and of it's this. Gonna,
1: and it's going to be another dick tug around, going to be another round of teasing, and you're still not going to be able to get away from it because that one explosion. I mean, you see everything with this guy. I mean, 17 Just, for
0: 238 and four
1: touchdowns, including I'm, a 99-yard one where he was literally throwing defenders around like they were like six-year-olds. I think he broke like 25 tackles. Like, I think he threw the same guy down three different he times. He threw the same
0: guy down multiple times during the run. The run took forever. But he was, it was throwing ridiculous. it. it he, looked, he looked like I would look if I were plowing through my third grade daughter's uh, basketball team or something exactly. like that. Exactly. I mean, that, yeah. like, it was like, yeah, I mean, you, they would just be
1: bouncing off me and stuff. That's how he <laughs> is with guys in the NFL. I know. It just doesn't make any sense why he has never gotten the consistent volume. It has to be on him because, I mean, if he's this good and he has these explosions, why isn't he getting fed 15, 20, 30 times a game? It has to be practice habits or just inconsistency. I mean, he hadn't had over 58 yards on the year, so this was just out of nowhere type of explosion. If you used him, congratulations. I saw a guy on Snapchat sent me a message of who he faced this week, had Henry uh, Kittle and Amari Cooper Mm -hmm. all against him. In the same lineup, so it was just brutal. I felt so bad. That's like, how, do you, how do you even recover from that? But obviously, a league changer if you somehow start yeah. him. Who, but I, I mean, you can't imagine be. many people would have started him, though. Uh, no, but he's—I mean—he's out there in like 50% of the leagues. He's on the waiver wires in a lot of leagues. Uh, this is a guy again facing the Giants next week, who've been run all over since trading away Harrison. I guess you got to put him in your lineups at this point. How could you avoid him? But damn, like that—that that was out of nowhere. And if you somehow pulled that off and had him in your lineup, congratulations on your semifinal berth.
0: No kidding. Uh, I do because the Salt Man specifically asked us to mention this. I just have to bring up since we're talking about guys that are that are packing a lot of heat down there, running backs. Um, oh my god. Di- di- did you see
1: the video of Frank Gore? Oh, just, CJ made sure I saw that one. Holy hell! We were right to put him in the Nutcracker. Holy set, huh?
0: good god! It looks like I mean he has like a six pack of them down there. Like he's bringing around a bunch of Nutcrackers. Like they're yeah. in it, they're literally <laughs> like all shoved down his pants. He's Panamals. running on the field and like it's you can see legitimate movement down there. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying for sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to tackle Frank Gore or Derrick Henry. Oh, God. And uh, Frank
1: maybe even more yeah, terrifying. Yeah, Frank Gore. F- yeah, I mean, guess back. what?
0: Guess what, Todd Gurley? You're not getting in the Nutcracker set. No, no. Because that's Frank, Frank Gore mistake. is in it until he retires. Yep. <laughs> um, one other thing before we go to Fallers. I
1: just wanted to ask, hey, did you uh, catch the Patriots game? Uh, shut the fuck up. That was uh, one of the worst things I've ever watched in my life. That, uh, uh, ugh, no, but we're not talking about that one. That was horrible. Especially,
0: and right. I know I don't know if you were watching closely, but the last like ten seconds or so were crazy.
1: Oh no, I didn't see. What happened? No, no it's it fucking horrendous. I I don't get why Rob Gronkowski's on the field. I, if it was a Hail Mary situation where like the the quarterback could rope it 30, 50, 60 yards even down the field, okay. Th- but it's Tana Hill who's playing ding you think that was just classic like tr- like trying to be too cute? I don't know what the fuck it was. It was clearly too cute. They didn't even have Devin McCourty, one of their best tacklers, one of their fastest guys on the field. He would, played every single defensive snap except that last one, and look what happens. Did you even hear Tannehill's press game? He's like, I see Gronk on the field, and I think, oh my god, we have a shot. No shit. Like, what are you doing, Belichick? Yeah, I that see was, a guy that, so-
0: that like, okay. isn't um. even good on offense anymore, which he plays. And we're like, yeah, we're gonna have him make a, a tackle, maybe potentially. Um, yeah, I mean, I, for you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I obviously, I'm giving you some degree of shit here, but I actually want to know because you're not in this situation
1: very often. What is, what did that feel like? Your team doesn't do that. No, it was uh, – exactly, right? Like we're one of the more mistake-free, just by the book. If you lose, it's because another team beat you. You never beat yourself. It, it was just disgusting, embarrassing. Hopefully Gronk's healthy too. It looked like he kind of tweaked himself trying to make the tackle. Trying, just, trying to run. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, that's I mean, one of those games that could end up – probably – I mean, now we have no shot at a number one seed. Thankfully, the Texans lost as well, so we still can get the bye. But the the championship game is going to run through Arrowhead, and that's clearly much harder to go through that, than if we had it at home. And that's assuming we can still beat the Steelers, which isn't going to be easy And two divisional games, which clearly well, are no more give at, Yeah, at this the,
0: the Steelers mean business uh, losing to the Raiders. they're obviously <laughs> They're obviously a pretty good organization as well. Um, Even still, I
1: mean, they—they're. That's exactly the point. It's like, they're the type of team that shoot themselves. In right the now, foot with right pick. now, if
0: that had happened to the Steelers, I would have been like, "Yep, yep, they're right. they're fucking idiots." <laughs> Did you like, see how
1: they lot the kicker falling and sure. missing field goal? Like, that's classic sure, fucking Steelers. Cl- yeah, not classic not
0: Pittsburgh. No, I mean, I was just. Like I mean, I was happy, obviously, but I was like, th- then I feel I felt like weird. I was like, am, right. am I am I punked or something like that? And that like, wasn't that
1: even the first mistake. Remember the first well, half, Brady got took a sack and then the but, clock ran out when they were in clear yeah, field goal so, range. That's so the win. That's the game New England's right there.
0: bread and butter, and I'm not telling you anything because you know them a hundred times better than me. Is like, first of all, I mean, they don't. We can take the last play and just be like, wow, you're a bunch of idiots. But like, let's take that out. The things that New England is better than anyone probably ever at is putting up those points at the end of the half, which they didn't do somehow. And then, honestly, right before they gave the ball up to Miami at the end of the game, when they were up two, I was impressed by it. It almost seemed like they rolled over and took the field goal. Like I mean, it almost like I was impressed by the fact that they didn't punt, that they didn't score a touchdown or run the clock out. I mean, I was like, okay, field goal. They're up five with twenty seconds left. That's like almost as good as a win. I was surprised that it got to that point. I was surprised they mm-hmm. weren't able to run it out or actually score. Pretty she much just in. just because they always do. And I so know. then I was like, all right, well, now they got a fighting chance. And I mean, yeah, the one in a thousand thing happened and they lost. Pretty shocking. I'm bringing it up because we will probably never see that again in the duration of the time that we do this podcast. And I'm <laughs> sure you are pretty fucking angry.
1: It was disgusting. It ruined myself for everything else that went well. I was happy about my fancy Sunday. I was trying to mask so that you wouldn't get your claws in. I didn't say anything in the intro, no matter how much it's been eating me inside. But you figured out how to get it out of me. It was awful. How to get I fucking sick all day. You know it they was lost horrendous. four out of five in Miami? In in Miami, the Dolphins,
0: juggernaut that they are. It was brutal. I've given you enough hell. Let's go to Fallers. Uh, Of course, the Patriots would be number one on that list. But if you take them off, then Cortland Sutton. And we don't want to say we told you so, but we told you so.
1: I know, exactly. that, And he's the only one we're going to cover. I mean, we could talk about Antonio Brown with 36 years. You're not going to bench Antonio Brown. You're not going to bench Zach Ertz. But Sutton's one of those guys, that a lot of people messaging us. Is he going to be their new number one? Is he going to...
0: Yeah, you can play this junk ass music. There you go.
1: (laughs) I love it. You Uh, you know, everybody responding, uh, now that he's the number one, do I play him this week? And we told you, wait and see, sit this guy for now because how is he going to respond to being number one? I said I didn't trust him the way he's been so inconsistent all year to now suddenly emerge as this clear-cut guy that can beat press coverage, the number one corner of teams and clearly didn't. Two catches on six targets, a meager 14 yards. If you trusted him, it might have cost you a playoff spot. Uh, We're going to go over the guys you should be trusting in this offense but now you know you finally know hopefully you somehow were able to survive you don't trust Cortland Sutton from here on out the rest of the season good talent good guy to hold on to dynasty long term an interest an intriguing guy but right now you got to know you cannot trust Cortland Sutton the rest of the season you Can't
0: trust Cortland Sutton and I, I saw this coming I, I'm a Broncos fan as you know and, and they had been on a tear and honestly once they lost Emmanuel Sanders I kind of looked around and was like well who are they going to throw the ball to and mm-hmm. even if you think Sutton's done well, it's we see all the time someone that's decent or even good when they're opposite another really good guy, and then all of a sudden that guy's gone. And it's like, hey, now you're the number one guy, uh, and it's not like you're the number one guy like with Drew Brees or like the Rams' offense or anything. It's the Broncos' offense, which is yeah. pretty pretty shitty. Uh, and then you take their big speed guy out, and and you're like, yeah, don't fully expect Cortland Sutton to just kind of fill in that gap. And, and in None. fact, he did not do that. Um, All right, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about a guy maybe you should be holding on, and that's the aforementioned Justin Jackson, who we really liked. We liked him over Austin Eckler. uh, The Wolf said it. I agreed with him. Um,
1: Not much out of him. No, and that was clearly the wrong call. Eckler getting you a nice 16 fantasy points. Hopefully you didn't bench Eckler in favor of Jackson like we recommended. That was one <laughs> that we definitely fucked up, and I apologize. If that cost anybody, feel free to call in. Rip me to shreds. Uh, that was one of the few guys we really, really fucked up on this week was Justin Jackson. 12, carry, 12 yards and 7 carries pathetic after he's averaged eight yards of pop coming into this game I did not see him going for under two that was horrendous uh, He did have 23 uh, yards on two catches but why am I saying to hold this guy after he just shit all over the place and had a horrendous game well one Eckler reaggravated a stinger that was kind of supposed to limit his workload It hadn't limited his workload all game until it got re-aggravated but he left you got Gordon still banged up the rumblings are he could be back if they keep saying could no one's saying expected no what he's saying should. Uh, so Eckler and Gordon may be out, which gets you, especially considering it's a short week against the Chiefs on Thursday night football, gives Justin Jackson a real shot at being a 20-25 touch guy as the clear-cut only back they have on the roster at this point against a Chiefs defense giving up the second most points to running backs on the, the year. He can catch the ball well. I know that he was underwhelming this game, but I do think he's an impressive running back despite this bust. So I would be holding hard despite the horrendous game and the off chance that he is the clear-cut featured back coming into Thursday night. He'd be a top 15 running back play for week 15. That's all you can ask for. So hold on to Justin Jackson despite this bust.
0: And and when we speak about real football, potentially a really good Thursday night game there.
1: Can't wait, man. A lot of fantasy implications
0: potentially, too.
1: Huge fantasy implications. Huge real-life implications. I mean, that's going to be a good one.
0: Yeah. Speaking of real life, what would you think of the Rams getting held to six points?
1: I know seriously, those Bears defense it's, it's legit as it gets they can't play in the cold those pussies from LA uh, I mean I do think LA is for real but shit like that it's like if they ever had to go on the road which is why it's so crucial that they're securing home field throughout the playoffs maybe who knows <clears> at this point uh, but even if they had to go to New Orleans it'd be a dome game so if Chicago though they can somehow you know I, I guess they would never overtake the one seed still though that, no that they're two back I think real, with two though, games right?
0: to go but I mean they're they're a ten and four team. I mean, they they could go twelve and four. They're they're a real football team. I mean, yeah. all, all these great teams, and there there do seem to be a handful of great teams. We've thought all year they've all taken it on the chin recently. I mean, we saw mm-hmm. the Saints take it on the chin, who looked pretty much unstoppable before that against Dallas, and now we've seen the Rams and the Chiefs uh, get it taken to them. The Steelers, I mean, I don't even know if we'd put them in that category anymore. The Patriots, nah. I mean, what are the Patriots three and four on the road? I mean, yeah. that, that's impressive. Like, the Patriots, uh, I think they are still unbeaten at Foxborough. Is that right? Yeah, they are. Man, they beat they, the Chiefs. Yeah, that's right. They better, uh, they better hope they're playing a lot of home games in the playoffs. <laughs> that's what makes me
1: terrified. To have to go to Arrowhead would be real fucking shitty.
0: All right, let's talk penny stock, waiver wires. Let's talk about the art of the cuckold, shall we? Mm-hmm. Shall we talk about the art of the cuckold? Tell us about Absolutely. that in fantasy terms. Obviously, we all know that you know if you've been cuckolded, it means your wife's getting banged by another guy. Um, right, and and you're probably you know about it, and you're just like okay, well, that's fine. Uh, right,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it, it was pe- it penned by the infamous Chaucer, a uh, waiver sure. goop. Notorious for his moves late in the season, of course. But, yeah, that's where it comes from, is, as you explained the terms. And late in the season, cuckolding your opponents is nearly as important, sometimes even more important, than actually improving your own roster. At this stage, there's very head, few right. handcuffs. I mean, you still obviously have to have your insurance policies for your studs for one more week, and then you can get rid of them. Uh, but if you're head-to-head with your opponent, let's say they have – Jameis Winston facing Baltimore this week or their you know number one receiver is facing a shutdown and they want to stream you got to go out and get that guy so they do not improve their roster even if he means nothing to you even if he's just rotting on your bench what's the point in holding a fucking Cortland Sutton's useless ass at this point. Might as well get somebody that's going to prevent your opponent from improving. Right. Maybe taking a defense to stream in week 16 or a defense even if you have your week 16 streaming defense that they might pick up against you. It's much more valuable at this point. If you can't improve your roster anymore, that doesn't mean stay inactive and just right. sit there. You can still prevent your opponent from improving against you and that is crucial at this time of the year. Too many people just they're like, oh, I'm set. My team's great mm-hmm. and rolling. But you, even just you, that one move of cutting Sutton to take up the defense that your opponent may have used against you, suddenly that defense has 19, maybe even on your bench, but it's not against you, and that's crucial.
0: Right. Obviously, we're all, almost all fantasy leagues are head-to-head, but this head-to-head, I mean, this is like win or go home, head-to-head, mm-hmm. everything matters. So, you know, you're so quick to say, oh, I'd love to pick this guy up, he's going to upgrade my team by five points or something, that's great. But if you can pick someone and say like, well, their team is going to be degraded by five points, it's exactly the same thing. Exactly. So think about it that way. I'm glad you brought that up. It's actually, I mean, you know, it's it might seem like peanuts, a few, a couple points, but man, I've missed the playoffs because I lost a game I shouldn't have lost earlier in the year by two, three points. So I mean, uh, it happens all the time. So pay attention to that. All right, let's go to wide receivers. We're gonna rattle through these. We got a couple. We're gonna talk Curtis Samuel. We're gonna to talk Deshaun to Hamilton, and then we got a shocker special that I'm not even gonna reveal until the end uh, until the end of the wide receiver segment
1: because I want you to just uh, throw it out in our faces. Let's talk yeah, about Curtis Samuel. And the, when we talk about cuck holding, these are guys actually making a difference down the stretch here. So if you don't need a receiver, I don't give a shit. Consider picking up some of these guys, starting with Samuel. For his second straight game, over 80 yards, four catches on eight targets. Uh, goes over double digits for his fourth straight game. And five of his last six have been double digits. This guy has been slowly and steadily uh, a very dependable wide receiver three. 14-11, 12-10 in those last four games. Uh, it's very concerted effort. It doesn't seem to be... A A coincidence that Cam's shoulder is banged up, and they're now targeting one of their best yards after the catch threats with uh, with Samuel, who's doing a ton of damage once he's got the ball in his hands, and that's what they need to do right now with – Cam Newton underthrowing his receivers and not able to push it deep. Uh, This is Samuel's uh, bread and butter right now. And now he's got a couple good matchups. We've raved all uh, the last six weeks about the Panthers playoff schedule. He has New Orleans coming up this week who get destroyed out of the slot, who get destroyed by number two wide receivers. I imagine Lattimore will be on DJ Moore, setting up Samuel for a potential huge game against New Orleans in a potential shootout. I love Samuel moving forward. All right, How about Deshaun Hamilton? He's only 7% owned yeah Deshaun Hamilton seven of nine targets for 47 and a touchdown and where did that come from no other spot than the slot and we know case Keenum is a slut for his slot receivers he always peppers them that's what made us get so hot on Emmanuel Sanders once the preseason revealed he was going to be their slot weapon we went all in and it was working obviously wonders until he went down and now his new next man up Deshaun Hamilton a taller slot guy big body solid control over it really zones in in the red zone we saw that touchdown this week Uh, good on third down reliable dependable steady guy certainly no Sanders doesn't have that speed either but he's the type of guy that you can see Keenum starting to lock in on down the stretch run because again slot slut that's Case Keenum's Uh, position and Hamilton hamilton's the one occupying that with a couple solid matchups coming down the stretch especially the browns giving the 12th most points to wide receivers coming up this week denzel ward goes around the outside he's a great corner but hamilton will avoid that coverage and should be able to roast them and they've got oakland in week 16 so a nice slate for hamilton only seven percent owned someone to definitely look at all right super shocker of the week wolf who you got uh, that's Robert Foster. Actually, not our first time mentioning this guy. Nope. But he's somebody because he's on the Bills, and you don't ever want to own the Bills. And I, you know what? I can't even disagree with that. I don't know if I'd ever want the playoff hopes of, of mine in the hands of someone on the Bills. But Robert Foster, just to point it out, has been very money lately. Three of his last four have been double digits, 12, 16, 3.2, and 13. A small school guy that's really had to earn his way into the league, uh, similar to kind of like Antonio Brown and, and even Philip Lindsay, the way he was on drafted free but just talent just kind of popped off the tape. This guy actually came uh, – I don't think he was small school though. He, he was, I believe, Alabama, but just kind of buried and never really showed 1%. up. 1%? Uh, 1%? With like freakish ability. Uh, but now he's 1%, 1% owned and uh, I mean – I can see him still putting up some big plays. I wouldn't want to have him staring across from me in somebody's flex and catch a 60-yard bomb, which is what he's been doing. Eight targets, seven catches, 104 this week. I mean, I don't know. Tracing Detroit, Detroit, too? Not a great secondary. Giving up a bunch of touchdowns to wide receivers these last couple weeks. I just... It fosters somebody, if you're in the deepest of leagues, if you're in a 32-team fantasy league, maybe consider him. I just wanted to throw it out there that this guy's been blowing up these last few weeks.
0: Alright, let's go to- running backs Kenneth Dixon 8% owned we're digging deep here we talked about Dixon last week you got anything new to
1: add about him I mean, he's still only 8% owned, so clearly none of you guys really listened. And I've raved about how Harbo always wants to force this guy in and get him usage. And it started, the turns, the tides are starting to turn as early as this last week. Eight carries, 59 yards, and a score. Goal line vulture coming out for that. Catches a ball for 21 yards on a third 19. And right after the game, Harbo saying he expected Dixon's role to grow going forward, which obviously comes at the expense of Gus the Bus. Our love is now going to be maybe seeing his role decrease. He, had, he out-touched him 16-9, the bus did, against the Chiefs, but Dixon had the, the more yards per touch, just more effective overall. And the snaps were pretty damn close at 31 for Gus and 23 for Dixon. And with the, that, that was all before Harbo said his role's going to grow. So expect that Dixon's uh, a guy that you could potentially use. We talked about how... Unbelievable that playoff schedule is. Getting Tampa Bay next week, fifth most points to to running backs. That's pathetic. Could find his way into the end zone again, especially as the guy that can clearly catch the ball and offer three down potential. Dixon might be a flex stab worthwhile for next week. Edo Smith, would you care to like follow up Kenneth Dixon with a little Edo Smith love? Yeah, mine as well. Get 60 yards on the ground, 14 through the air. So a 74 total yard day. Three catches. And this is a, yeah, exactly. And uh, again, out-touching Tevin Coleman back-to-back weeks. Out-touched him last week, 8-7. to seven. Now out-touches him 14-11. to 11, And it seems like everything's kind of tilting into his favor. And Coleman obviously getting the bump down in this one. The reason that we really are mentioning him, though, at 28% owned, Arizona's up next, third most fancy points to running back, routinely just bludgeoned on the ground Edo uh, Smith, if he's the main guy, could definitely find the end zone. He's had some huge runs like truck stick and cukeley and just some unbelievable plays. I think this is a week you could unleash him in your flex and get some very uh just out of nowhere running back value
0: all right let's move on real quick. We got one tight end to talk about, and that is Ian Thomas, household name Ian Thomas, seven percent owned also. I love that you're going deep with these this week.
1: I mean they're forced to go deep when you're in week 14 uh, but that's the only reason I gave you one tight end is because he's unlikely to be owned in your league and this guy's become a target hog as soon as Olsen went down last week uh, he had five targets immediately and hauled in 40 yards said you know keep this guy on your radar maybe he's something and then he comes back with 9 of 11 for 77 yards this guy's been vacuuming the looks especially as Cam Newton's arm seems to be deteriorating those shoulder problems uh, limiting him to just the pop gun style throws that plays into the tight end over the seams short short gainers Ian Thomas is the the apple of Cam's eye right now he's got the Saints on deck who just gave up two scores to Cameron Brait last week a big body that can use that frame in the red zone do not be shocked if Ian Thomas finds the end zone and maybe gets roughly 50 yards next week
0: all right you've been talking about this guy for a while uh, Josh Allen at quarterback our one quarterback uh, you know, candidate that's maybe not going to be on. Was this guy always this? I mean, was he when he came out?
1: Was he like known as this amazing running quarterback? I think he had like known athleticism, but even then, it just not this much. He didn't take off and and rush around in college like this. Uh, three straight hundred yards get yard days. As we mentioned, I think that's an NFL record. We I, talked I'm about almost the, positive you know, it last. Is. Week. Uh, only Michael Vick would be the only guy I'd have to double check on that one and yet he's still only 14% owned. He's been our our hero guy and I get it. There's no more boom or bust guy this season. He's had 12 starts and it's either been a top 6 play or a bottom 6 play in every single time. Nothing in the middle ground, never that, you know, 14-15 style. It's either been 27-5, 30-29, 6 But you listen to those last 3 in a row, Four two six 6 have been those last 3. Now he's against Detroit it's a little bit more nerve-wracking because they traded for Harrison and that's made their defense uh, a lot more formidable against the run and that's obviously where Allen's been making his money but it's still not like they're an unstoppable defense no one that you can exploit Uh, Detroit's not that scary so uh, I I mean again are you putting your playoff hopes in Josh Allen I'd rather not but after a 4-2-6 in his last three uh, finishes among quarterbacks uh, at least two quarterback leagues this guy better be in lineups
0: all right we we don't usually do defenses, but we're going to talk defense because, like we said, every point counts uh, oh yeah Baltimore was dropped by a lot of folks when they're facing the chiefs um and actually did okay in that in that game they've kind of they've been up and down this year, I think they're technically and I say technically, but I mean, I think behind the bears, I think they're the second best defense in the n
1: f l even though it might not seem like it. I know, and now they're getting turnover-prone Tampa Bay at home. You know Jameis is due for an implosion. Seemed like the wheels were starting to come off a little bit against New Orleans. Maybe they come off all the way off the rails against Baltimore here. Uh, So uh, Yes, they're they're 70% owned, so they might not be out there, but a lot of teams when they were facing the Chiefs dropped these guys. So take a look for them first. If they're not there, uh, here's a smattering of names. It's obviously a crapshoot, but the Giants have double-digit points in three of their last four games. I don't think they're a great defense they've been feasting on good matchups but they're facing Tennessee unless Derrick Henry does that what he just did again which how could you ever expect that Uh, then the Giants are a a fair play against Tennessee at home Atlanta is awful I get it but they get Arizona at home who's only uh, they're only 16% I'd probably even rather play Atlanta than the Giants just considering how bad The the Arizona offenses, the Detroit Lions just got 18 points, and they have a bad fantasy defense uh, against them. Pick six central. And speaking of Detroit, only 18 percent owned. Now they're getting the the Bills, who once were that locked and loaded stream against Bills. No matter what, you're getting 15 points. I get it. They've been feistier lately. Josh Allen's been rumbling, but they're built well to shut this offense down. still the Bills. It's still the Bills. They're going to implode at some point, and maybe it's at, uh, at Detroit this week. I think it's actually – it's in Buffalo, which makes it a little bit trickier, but still not a matchup yeah, to shy There's going to be way, dildos getting throw thrown on the field them. and stuff. Right, exactly. Then you got Washington and Jacksonville. First, obviously, look at Jacksonville, 70% owned, so probably not out there, but we saw what Washington looked like this week, which was god awful. But on the other side of the ball, Washington's only 33% owned, and maybe going to be even less after that pathetic showing against the Giants. But Jacksonville starts Cody Kessler, if you needed a reminder. Uh, so that's still somebody you can stream against. Just some names to keep uh, on your radar if you're in the, the streaming business for week 15. All right, one more defensive mention, or maybe a two for one deal here. We got
0: a uh, really stinker of a game coming up this week between Washington and Jacksonville. And oh, yeah. while I you have no it. desire on any level to watch that particular football game, I mean, would you be surprised if it was like 9-3 to three or something? No. I, I, the over-under should
1: be like 15. It's, it's horrendous.
0: Right. What so an awful Either game. one of those, you know, maybe, maybe take a look. Yeah. All right, let's talk injuries real quick. Guys, you should have your eyes on. We're going to do a little bit of rapid fire here, but if you want to elaborate on any of these guys, you can. Uh, there's a couple big names here.
1: Tyreek Hill. Mm hmm. Uh, he's just not. He, it's weird rumblings all day. First, it was Tyree Kill tells Peter King his foot is bad. Uh, but then Schefter comes out and says it's not serious. He's considered day to day. Of course, day to day is more risky when you're playing on Thursday night. I expect him to, to shoot up though it's a heel injury he's facing the Chargers it's a big game they still have a chance to lose home field if they lose these next two so as long as they win this one they clinch it I expect all their firepower all their weapons in a tough division game to be out there uh, Tyreek Hill gutted it out throughout the game and ended up on way to a, I think like 130 total yards so I expect him out there I think he's going to play through whatever he is that's ailing him
0: all right, let's talk about another big game. Well, I mean, I was going to call him a big name, but this, you know, maybe four years ago. LeSean yeah. McCoy, what a terrible game he had, huh?
1: Oh my God, what a useless piece of shit. The one time you think you might be able to use him again, facing the Jets, it's the only useful game he's had all year, uh, back in the week 13 or whenever that was. Nope. LaShawn McCoy, classic. This is like the third or fourth time this year, too. It's like the first series of a game he gets knocked out, gets you .01 or some garbage shit, and then leaves the game and leaves you hanging. He's clearly one of the biggest busts of the year, and it's something we saw coming. But even still, if you own McCoy and you somehow are like, finally, I get him in my playoffs. He's going to make it all up to me, and you had this happen. What a heartbreaker. What a gut-wrenching fucking kicked to the nuts awful Lashawn McCoy day right. and I, you're never going back to him at this point and there's no Chris Ivory you can't there's no action from this it's just more so I wanted to fucking shit on LaShawn McCoy and just say F you you sure. bag of
0: dirt sure sure uh early rumblings also we touched on this a little bit James Connor Melvin Gordon could both be back uh no word yet on Matt Breda uh you know thoughts on these
1: I mean, two of the three produced in their absences. Jeff Wilson got 23 carries, took him for 90 yards, a six-yard reception. So he topped double-digit points, not a bad day. Jalen Samuels, our favorite tight end. I had 11 carries, 28 yards. Pretty disgusting. Got robbed of a, a goal line touchdown yep. from Stephen Ridley, which obviously is infuriating to owners. He did get a stab, though. It is worth noting. It wasn't like Ridley was the only goal line back. Samuels came in later in the quarter, got his own stab at it, didn't convert, unfortunately. But he's not just going to automatically be pulled out, thankfully. He still put
0: in 15, 16 PPR points.
1: Absolutely, because of seven catches uh, on 64. Six and 64 right. yards. So, not a bad day receiving wise definitely better than your standard tight end if you if you can play him there, and if Connor's out, you're rolling him out against the Patriots again.
0: All right, I think that that's gonna wrap it up. I'm trying to think if I forgot any other guys. I think that's it right.
1: No, that's all, yeah. I mean, Justin okay. Jackson, we already talked about, if Gordon right, sits a uh, plus play, especially if Eckler's out too. Uh, so those are just the the three triumvirate. All looked, I mean, like backup running backs, but with volume, still decent fancy producers. So they could all be back in your lineup. So yet another week. All right, real quick. Who do you like tonight? An actual
0: football game. We got Minnesota, Seattle. There's playoff implications in this game. Who do you like?
1: I'm going to go Minnesota. I think they have to bounce back after a tough loss last week. They had no Doug Baldwin there for the Seahawks. Uh, as much as I love Pete Carroll, and I think he's one of the better coaches in the league, I'm going to roll with the Vikings in this one.
0: All right. I'm going to take the Seahawks. We'll see who uh, knows what they're talking about come Wednesday.
1: Alrighty. All right. All right. got any good.
0: social media you want to talk about?
1: Of course, we are a uh, product of rotostreetjournal.com the best yep. fantasy site out there to turn sheeps into wolves and get you those titles so make sure you're visiting the site checking out the rankings following us on all your socials on Facebook you can find us at Roto Street Journal. the same on Instagram we do our sit start you know show on Sundays the fantasy tailgate it's been fantastic we almost hit 100 comments 100 questions this week got to 98 so we've set new records every single week maybe week 15 we can finally make that record uh, tune in for that or tune in for our our early week tomorrow night show where i do my rankings live answer your sit start questions on facebook as well tune in for that get any early prep in jump start on your competition fantastic way to get your week 15 playoff prep going and then roto street wolf is where you can find me on twitter and snapchat if you have any personal questions and want to hit me up you know i'm always down to talk this football stuff so hit me up find us everywhere and if you like what you heard i guess i haven't checked this in a couple weeks but cj told we have like 10 to 15 new reviews over the last few weeks. So we got to start reading some of these out for the Wolf Pack. Yeah. Uh, but new ratings, new reviews. Thanks. We love that shit. So I'm actually really excited to go back and read what you guys have to say about us. Uh, we, mu- we really appreciate that. And if we've helped you at all, it, it may mean the world to us to hear from you guys. Thanks again for listening. We are the Wolves, and we hope to pave that path of the Fancy Fullback Diet to your title. Best of luck, guys.
0: All right. I'm going to leave us with two quick uh, The Truth comments before I sign off. First yes, comment, we're looking for a sponsor next year for the podcast. Obviously, our first choice, if we could be brought to you by Frank Gore's balls, that would be our first choice. <laughs> but if they're not sponsoring anybody, we're looking for another sponsor. So uh, uh, anybody that's interested in sponsoring the best fantasy football site there is and the best fantasy football podcast probably that there is, let us know. Get up with us sometime in the off season. Second point I want to make real quick, I'm going to get a little political with you, but it's also football related, which is there is no conceivable way that Colin Kaepernick is not better than Mark Sanchez.
1: I know. I know. I can't <laughs> believe this. shit. Isn't he like suing the Redskins like for I this?
0: I don't know, dude. That's I mean, ridiculous. he's suing the whole league, but it, it's like Mark Sanchez is so bad.
1: <laughs> I know. That was so bad. Now they're going to Josh Johnson. Come on. Like, let's uh, be real. Here. Yeah, let's be real. Let's,
0: let's admit it. You blackballed the guy. Maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe even had a right, but you blackballed him. Yeah. Anyway. For sure. <laughs> All right. My name's is not the truth Jones.
1: And I'm the wolf. Best of luck in the stretch run, guys. Later.
0: Third effort. effort. Touchdown. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.